going on? It's your boy, Matty Kiwum, and I'm joined tonight by the Don, Chris Jones. And you are listening to the very first episode of Kiwum and Jones Fantasy Football Podcast presented by Couch Guy Sports. I'm just going to straight up say it the way it is. Couch Guy Sports is, we just picked, we've booked a one-way ticket to the moon. We are taking off, so make sure you go ahead and go to couchguysports.com to check out all of our articles. Go ahead and check out some of the podcasts on the network, shows like Suplex, Biddies, Around the Diamond, in the CGS podcast, and check out our Twitch channel because guess what? We are broadcasting nearly every single day. Like I said, we are off to the moon. And speaking of being just an absolute best at what you do chris what's going on brother well fucking big chilling man big, big shout out again couch, big shout out to couch guy again listen Matty Cuban and i have talked for a while now about getting the podcast together we thought what better avenue to go than fantasy football hell yeah and that is what we're about we are a fantasy football podcast now and this is going to be fucking legendary, my friends. Legendary. You know, we're going to come at you weekly. So we're going to hit you with some, re- you know, week review recap, some week preview stuff as the season goes on. But, you know, maybe we'll break you off with a nice fun segment. Maybe we'll break you off with some guests. Actually, we'll definitely bring on some awesome guests. But, man, I am, I'm just psyched to be able to talk fantasy football because who doesn't love fantasy football and being able to do it with the Don is just a privilege, my friend. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. So why don't we just dive right on into the show? Let's fucking do it, man. Let's do it. So this year we had three preseason games, not four, three, and all three have wrapped up. So Chris and I, we put together our three biggest standouts from the preseason. We're going to tell it to you right here, right now. So Chris, why don't you tell the people listening who is one of those guys that stood out to you? I'm going to tell you right now, real quick, he was the lead leader, the league leader in receiving yards in the preseason, and that's none other than Terrace Marshall Jr., the rookie from Carolina. Trust me, DJ Moore is great. Robbie Anderson's great. Robbie Anderson was great as the third receiver last year. This is what Terrace Marshall Jr. can do for the, as a third receiver in Carolina. Definitely a guy you want to keep an eye on. Um, I think this kid has some serious potential. And they did lock up Robbie Anderson to a deal, but don't get it twisted. If this kid gets going and him and Donald get that chemistry, he's gonna be he's gonna be big time. Yeah, he's gonna be big time. And more on this offense later in the show. My first standout is in a receiver for the New York Jets, Corey Davis. They signed him to a pretty fat deal in the offseason and they just threw him the rock in the preseason. I think he ran 13 routes, had 10 targets. Uh, you know, he hauled in a, a few of those targets there. And against the Packers, he had a very big game, which, you know, stood out to me because he just looked good. And not only did he look good, they were, you know, designing plays to get him the ball. Uh, you know, and, and like I said, six targets, four receptions, 70 yards against the Packers in week two. Uh, I like what I saw. And, you know, if Zach, you know, Wilson is the real deal, he's going to chuck it to Davis and, and he's coming at tremendous values in drafts. So he definitely stood out to me. Jones hit up. Hit the people with your number two guy. I'm going to stick with the receiver again. I think that's a little bit of a trend that we got going on here. But this receiver for me uh, from the Saints is definitely Marquise Calloway. With Michael Thomas out, this guy is going to be their wide receiver one. Him and Jameis have built a nice little chemistry together. Jameis is now starting quarterback for the Saints uh, officially. So I expect Marquise Calloway's numbers to be very solid this year, while especially while Michael Thomas is on the pop list. No doubt. Now, let me ask you this, Jones. What is his ceiling? What's Marcus Callaway's see like his ceiling? You know, is it just wide receiver one of the New Orleans Saints while Michael Thomas is gone, or is it a wide receiver one or wide receiver two for your fantasy team? I think for me, wide receiver two is more of a goal that he can definitely achieve. I think we've seen with Winston's arm ability in the past with certain receivers, how well he can make them uh, look. I think that's what we've seen a little bit in the preseason here. Um, I think his ceiling is definitely wide receiver too, but don't get it twisted. There's going to be weeks where he's a a must-play flex spot, 100%. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he's coming again, tremendous value in drafts. Uh, the second guy that stood out to me is hilarious because he actually did not touch the ball a single time. Matter of fact, he only took one offensive snap, but my standout was Mike Davis running back for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, he's been pretty much on everybody's do not draft list. He's on stay away. This guy's, you know, radioactive. Do not bring him on your team, you know, with a 61.5 ADP right now. Uh, but he was an RB. He was the RB 12 in 2020. He was super efficient, really good at breaking tackles. Uh, and in the preseason, no one stepped up for the Falcons. Nobody really looked good. The only kid that, you know, that was had any type of hype, JV and Hawkins was cut. Quadri Allison's still there. Dante Foreman's still there. There's no one there to really push him out. This guy's going to get run. And if this offense is at all good, he's going to be the benefactor there. And, you know, we saw it last year on the Panthers. The dude got the job done. And like I said, the number 12 running back in fantasy last year now if i was a dynasty player or or any type of you know keeper startup uh coming up i would not really focus uh on on drafting him but in redraft go ahead he could be your rb2 you can get him late you know like i said he's about a 60 uh overall pick put him on there be your rb2 and guess what he's not gonna look great but he will get the job done jones hit the people with your third and final standout from the preseason Listen, I got I got two guys in mind. One of them is definitely oh, Ramondre breaking the rules. Stevenson. Episode one, I love it. <laughs> one of them is definitely Ramondre Stevenson from the Patriots. Okay, I think he when they drafted him, his ceiling was he could definitely be a guy that would take carries away from guys like Damian Harris and company, which I think he very well could do this season. Stevenson last season was splitting carries with Trey Sermon, and he looked damn good in those carries that he had. I think Stevenson has some serious potential here. Um, his ADP right now, he's very low on people's boards. I think there could be some potential where you get him right now on an ADP at 182.8. Potentially as a free agent pickup if Harris goes down with an injury or James White or anybody like that, he could fill in, fill in the void easily. The other one, and I think it's probably one of the more beneficial moves for a running back right now due to an injury, is Gus Edwards. Gus Big Edwards Gus. is bus. Big time now with J.K. Dobbins out for the season with an injury. Um, I do think Baltimore goes and brings in another um, another veteran back. You know, like a Todd Gurley and stuff is definitely a name to watch out for for them. But right now, if it's just Gus, I would highly be all in on him because again, he has the potential to break up for over a thousand if if he is the the only back on that team. Him and Lamar will be split in carries. Uh, but Gus is going to take the majority of the workload. Uh, he's very good at receiving. He's very good at rushing. He's going to be a solid back to have. Definitely an RB2-esque type if Gus Edwards is the only running back on Baltimore. Yeah, and and, and to piggyback on that too, a, a, a huge knock uh, for drafting J.K. Dobbins so high was that the, Gus Bus was there and Gus Bus was going to take snaps. Well, without Dobbins there, you know, will they give uh, Justice Hill a bunch of snaps? Will they give this newcomer Smith a bunch of snaps? I don't know. Uh, but Gus Edwards is someone they like. Gus Edwards is someone who's been reliable. I could see Gus Edwards getting a lot of opportunities in 2021. So that is a very good guy to bring up, Chris Jones. I'm glad you did it. And guess what? That's why you have a fantasy football podcast, my friend. My last, yeah. my third, my final standout, uh, Mr. Sam Darnall. Sam Darnot, he paid, he played against the Steelers here in preseason week three. 25, uh, 25 attempts, completed 19 of them for 162 yards and two touchdowns. We're gonna we're really gonna see if Adam Gase is the worst offensive coach in the history of football. Because if this kid breaks out after Tannehill broke out and everyone else who has after they left Adam Gase's uh watch, uh it's not gonna look good for him. But who cares about him? Darnot's looking great. And like you said, he's got Terrace Marshall. He's got Robbie Anderson. He's got DJ Moore. Oh, yeah. He also has Christian freaking McCaffrey. So if this dude clicks, he's also got a fantastic offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, one of the best young offensive minds in the game. Uh, <laughs> the sky's the limit for Sam Darnold and the Panthers in terms of their offensive production. And, and just seeing him come out and absolutely sling it and only getting sacked one time, 
I think that shows uh, that this guy, you know, he's going super, super late in drafts. I don't think he's pretty much being missed at yeah, 186. So he's pretty much just being picked up in two QB or super flex leagues. But, you know, if you got a deep bench or you do play in a super flex or two QB league, you need to get Sam Darnold because he has a chance to absolutely turn it the F up. And I'm excited to see what that offense holds, especially because I'm a huge DJ Moore believer. Man, Real quick, before we, we dive upon that, Joe Brady, everybody, where's he from? Where did he come from? Why is he now these up-and-coming coaches? Well, let me let you on a little secret. Joe Brady was the OC of the championship-winning LSU Tigers with mm-hmm. Joe Burrow and company. Yep. So remember that. And you know who was also on that team? Terrace Marshall Jr. No doubt about that. And you know what? It's it's – it's not a one-for-one comparison, but I'm glad you bring it up because it does have similarities. You know, you have Burrow with three dynamite receivers. You had Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and you had Terrace Marshall. Well, Carolina has Darnold thrown to three dynamite receivers, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall. So there are, you know, the sky's the limit for, for, for Carolina. And guess what? There's a little bit more on that later on. Jones, we got a very, very, very special segment for the people listening tonight. Do you want to tell them what we're about to get into? Yeah, no. But real quick, again, I, now I'm just you got me hooked on this that LSU team. Don't forget, they also had Clyde Edwards LA. So they that was a solid team that LSU had that year. Um, but let let's dive in. So we're going to be doing um, a live mock draft. On the podcast, mm-hmm. basically what we're doing is we, we took a random number generator. By the way, we're doing it on the Sleeper app, the best app to use for for mock drafting fantasy. Trust me when I tell you this. It might you be can, the best mock. It might be the best fantasy app there is. Period. Potentially, you can customize your mock drafts however you want it. Um, you can start it. You can stop it. You don't even have to start the draft. If I wanted to, I could use this as my draft app for when I draft live and in person, and I could just plug in the picks from there. So make sure you're checking out the sleeper app right now. You can do mock drafts and fantasy football. Basketball, it's a little bit it's a little bit tougher. Uh, they haven't adjusted their rankings yet, but fantasy football gives you everything you need. Trust me when I tell you this is the best way to go from mock drafts. So we did a random number generator to start us off. Matty Keelum is picking from the three slot. I am picking from the nine slot. So it's nice to have somebody in the front and somebody in the backside. So... We're gonna we're just gonna dive in. We're gonna get started. So again, Maddie, I don't know if you've used the sleeper app, but like if it's not our picks, it's gonna be bam bam. Yeah, it'll be ram bam. So we're gonna knock through this and you know, we'll take time to dive in. Like you said, you can pause it, right? So if we yep. want to take a little bit of time talking about our picks, you can do so. Uh, so with that being said, I'm gonna hit the start button for us. Let's get moving. So the first two picks, Dalvin Cook. Christian McCaffrey, Maddie Kiwum, you are on the clock, my friend. I got to say this right off the bat. I'm shocked that uh, Dalvin Cook went one. If he goes one in my leagues over Christian, be a little shocked, not going to lie. But with the third pick, basically going into all my drafts, uh, I, I'm obviously targeting Dalvin and McCaffrey. If they're off the board, uh, I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey. I'm going to go ahead and set the tone at tight end. He's an outlier at the position, one of the all-time greats at the position, and there's really no signs of slowing. Uh, and, and, you know, they just wow. lost Sammy Watkins, so their wide receiver, too, is out of there. So maybe there might even be a few more targets going his way. Hard to believe, considering what he's gotten over the years, but, uh, you know, he's just too good to pass up there. So to be to be talking about Travis Kelsey again real quick, um, I was considered taking him with my first round pick at mm-hmm. nine. I think for me, he is probably, if not the best receiving tight end that there is in the league right now. And like you said, with no Sammy Watkins, there's more targets available. Are we trusting McCall Harden 100%? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's Tyree Kill, it's Travis Kelsey. Those are the two guys that, if you're drafting Kansas City guys, those are who you want on your team. So with that being said, now off the board for picks four through eight, we had Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, and Nick Chubb. So for me, this one is a no-brainer here. Uh, before Team 10 gets two picks in a row, I am going to take Tyree Kill right off the bat. Just like you said, I think that offense is very dynamic. Don't get me wrong. it's gonna, It kills me to um, pass up on Devonta Adams here 
but mm-hmm. I think Tyreek Hill has uh, a better chance of getting more targets in key situations. And I think that Patrick Mahomes loves to throw him the football and we can see Tyreek Hill break out and have a potential almost 1,500-yard receiving year this year. So I'm taking Tyreek Hill at that spot. <clears throat> so then the back-to-back picks, Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams, that was my worst nightmare because I was hoping <laughs> to get Aaron Jones there uh, on the way you know, back. You know, it's interesting. Team 10 here, I know it's a you know computer-generated algorithm here, but they took two Packers. Would you yep. take two guys from the same team with your first two no, picks? Definitely not. Um, literally, the only ones I would potentially take is Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. That's right. It. But then you that, almost you know. have to go after Mahomes early if you do that. You need to get that mega stack. Yeah. Uh, so for me here, I'm, I'm in a little bit of a, a tough spot here. Jonathan Taylor's still available. Uh, you got Austin Eckler. You got guys like Stephon Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins. For me, you desperately need a running back within the first two rounds because after it gets a little scarce. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the workhorse in Indianapolis. I'm gonna take Jonathan Taylor with my second pick. That's a good selection there. You know, a lot of his uh, a lot of nervousness that was surrounded jo- Jonathan Taylor is kind of starting to dissipate a little bit. You know what I mean? Like uh, Quentin Nelson's back. Uh, looks like Carson Wentz are both going to be ready for Week One, uh, and and really people were nervous that there was going to be nothing there for them for him. Now, if they're going to be ready to rock in Week One, this dude's RB one uh, season is very much in play. So, okay, let's go ahead and rally it down. So you took Taylor, so DeAndre Hopkins, Eckler, Metcalf, Patrick Mahomes went in the second round here. Najee Harris, ooh, I was hoping Najee would slip. I love me some Najee Harris here, uh, but with my pick. Uh, you know, there's a couple of guys I'm very much interested in, but since he slipped, I can't pass up. I'm taking Stefan Diggs. I think he will be the wide receiver one overall in 2021. Wow. So, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a stat right there. Uh, so I to love- go, to go on the other picks that have just been taken, Joe Mixon was taken, Calvin Ridley was taken, Antonio Gibson was taken and Clyde Edwards Hilaire was taken. So Matty Q, you are on the clock, my friend. Uh, okay, so it looks like this sleeper app mock draft here is both of our nightmare scenarios because I was hoping and praying one of those three guys were going to fall to me here in the third round. None of them did. Uh, looks like all the best values are receiver. So it looks like, ladies and gentlemen, Matty Kiwum is going to be uh, deploying here a zero RB strategy because uh, I'm not going to pass up on my guy here. Uh, where is he? I just saw him. Boom. Two. I feel like right here I am building a very safe, uh, very high-floored team, Travis Kelsey, Stephon Diggs, and now Allen Robinson. That's a solid pick right there for you. Um, Then after that, we got Justin Jefferson, Darren Waller, Josh Allen, A.J. Brown, and Chris Carson. Uh, I am now on the clock, and for me, I desperately need another receiver here. And there's one guy that I'm really high on this year, uh, and that's my guy out out of the Chargers, and that's Keenan Allen. Great pick. Super Keenan, safe pick, very good pick. Keenan Allen, I think him and uh, Herbert's chemistry is very good. And I'm very high on both of them this season. Uh, then after, we have Team 2 who took Terry McLaurin and George Kittle. So now I have to think about my running back two here. And for me, I'm in a little bit of a, of a, a, a struggle here because I want to trust David Montgomery. But there's just little little doubts in my mind that guys like Daryl Williams are going to get touches over him in late situations. Obviously, Tariq Cohen, I believe, is out for the season, if I'm not mistaken. So the sky's the limit for Montgomery. Um, so for me, uh, you know what? I'm I'm just going to take David Montgomery. David Montgomery <laughs> is talk yourself is, into it there a little bit, huh? Is, is the pick? Is the pick? David Montgomery is the pick. Those right, are now two we'll, good picks there. <clears throat> we'll 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 slide on down a little bit here. Uh, so we'll pause for key room really quick so I can go over who has been taken. Mike Evans off the board, Josh Jacobs, Julio Jones, C.D. Lamb, and Miles Sanders right from Matty Kiwoom to be picking. All right, here. Let me just say one more thing about Keenan Allen. You know, the Chargers went out and brought in a lot of offensive line help. So if Herbert stays upright, it's just going to add to the numbers of Keenan Allen's possibilities. Uh, so, wow. Um, it looks like a lot has kind of played out for me here uh i got something on the table that i just can't pass up i was thinking i was going to go wide receiver again when i was looking at the people on the board but he fell me here i know uh 
he has a little bit of a question mark, but he has been practicing. So DeAndre Swift might have just saved my mock draft by falling to me there in the third round or fourth round. I don't, I don't hate that pick. Um, I think he's going to be much better this season. Um, I do, I do think if you are drafting DeAndre Swift in all leagues, you must be taking Jamal Williams behind him because it's a groin injury. It's good, it potentially could be aggravating him the whole season. You never really know. And Jamal Williams, if he gets the chance to be a starting running back, can be uh, a, a solid RB2 option in most leagues. So let's move yeah. on to the four picks that have been taken. After, before we go back to Medicaid, uh, Mari Cooper, Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, and Robert Woods. So Kiwum is now back on the clock. You know, I got to give a big shout out to team one here, stacking Lamar and Andrews. Great uh, strategy there. I really, really like it. Uh, I'm looking at the board here. I'm interested in quite a bit of people. My guy, DJ Moore, like I said, love him this year, but I don't think I'm going to pass on the quarterback option because I think he has a chance to be MVP this season kyler murray for the arizona cardinals i love his offensive weapons you know they brought i know it's low key but they brought an aj green he's going to help them out and also rondell moore is an absolute weapon you know you got deandre hawkins you got indians abella you got christian kirk they they're loaded and i think kyler murray is going to chef it up speaking of speaking of guys that i really like just got taken after kyler murray was cooper cup love cooper cup Either of the Rams receivers, I think you can't go wrong with this year if you get the chance to. I think Stafford's going to be big time this year. Uh, so Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, Adam Thielen, Kyle Pitts, and James Robinson. Just hoping Kyle Pitts fell me there. But I'm with Maddie here. Listen, as my flex receiver, I'll take this guy in every fucking league. Give me DJ Moore. The high <laughs> trains rail. He's so good. He's so good. And trust me when I tell you, he's a guy you do not want to pass on. Now, we move into round six. End of round five, Russell Wilson goes. Then they take Chris Godwin. Round six. I need a quarterback. I'm not wasting my time. I'm getting this duo solid right now. Herbert, Keenan Allen, let's go. Justin oh. Herbert is taken right there. Six round, 100%. My guy, you just <laughs> nailed it here. You took two fantastic picks. Uh, one thing on DJ Moore. In the third preseason game, they gave him six targets, all pretty short yardage stuff. You know, if they're going to let this, if they're going to throw him the dink and dunk stuff and let him run a bunch of slot routes, which they did, they let him run a bunch of slot routes and got a bunch of slot targets. Man, he could really eat. If he's going to give you like a six reception floor on top of his yak ability and his, you know, there's going to be touchdown regression. This guy's only had four touchdowns each of his first two seasons. The guy's had over a thousand yards each of his first two seasons, that levy is going to break. And we could be seeing like a six, seven touchdown, eight touchdown each season. And he could be a monster. So great pick Ex- there. Expect career highs with DJ Moore this season. That's what yeah, we're saying. Which would be fantastic. He's already had two phenomenal seasons under his belt. So let's just right. catch up here. Yep, Daryl Henderson, Jamar Chase, TJ Hawkinson, Kareem Hunt and Kenny Galladay were taken. I'm glad Galladay is taken because I am avoiding him like the plague. Yeah. So anybody in that Giants offense, realistically, you're you should be avoiding. In my I opinion, I agree. I think that if you look at it, um, <clears throat> Galladay Galladay is a good receiver. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, I don't trust Daniel Jones getting him the football. So for me, I'm staying staying clear of him. I'm staying clear of Saquon. Mm-hmm. In every draft, based off of injury history, I don't think he's going to have a great year this year. And there's a list of guys I would take before I would take Saquon Barkley. I agree completely. If you guys check out my FFB Market Watch, the Week Three preseason just dropped today on Twitter. You can find that at, uh, at Matty Keyboom. I I think the whole offense is down as well, so I am avoiding everyone, including Barkley, in the first round. He'd have to slip to the second round for me to really start looking at him. All right, so I'm looking at who – oh, my guy's still there, so I'm not even going to mess around. I'm going to go ahead and take him. Deontay Johnson from Pittsburgh Steelers. Love what I saw last year. He did have a case of the dropsies, but if he fixed that and, and, and you know doesn't drop nearly as many balls as he did last year, we're talking about a monster season, and he is one of three really good receivers there, and I don't, I don't see anything falling off. Ben Roethlisberger is back, and they clearly have a chemistry between the two. I love Deontay Johnson for 2021. I don't hate that at all. Uh, and then I like the next two picks that are off the board. And Dak, getting Dak at, at 
in the sixth round in the ninth pick, I think is a solid. Mm-hmm. And he pairs him up with Amari Cooper. Good, Love solid that. option there. And also a receiver to be very high on this year, especially if Trey Lance is the starting quarterback. That's Brandon Ayuk. Love Ayuk this year. I love big, his big, ability. Big time on him. Miles Gaston and Odell Beckham go off the board. Now we back to Matty Kuhn. Third All pick right, of the so seventh do, round. So, Don, do I do I put my money where my mouth is and take Mike Davis, or do I go with the upside in Javante Williams? I'm in desperate need of an RB2. I am very psyched with these options. Uh I went safe pretty much throughout. I think all my receivers are pretty safe. Uh, my, you know, RB1 is kind of a gamble. So I'm going to stick to that. And I'm going to go Javante Williams. I'm going with upside out of my running backs. Uh, you know, he they sat him. He was a healthy scratch in the third week, which I think is good. Uh, typically starters sit this last preseason game. So to see him sit uh, in favor of, you know, Melvin Gordon getting the reps, I'm okay with that. I think Javante is wildly talented. I loved him at UNC. Uh, you know, the Denver Broncos traded up to get him in. And I think uh, Teddy Bridgewater winning that job. Let me know what you think about this. I think that really helps out the running backs. I think it hurts guys like KJ Hamler, even uh, Cortland Sutton. Uh, but I do think it helps the running backs. I think we're going to see a more conservative offensive approach with the Broncos. What do you think about that? I think personally, I think we're going to get kind of what Carolina looked like at times last year. Mm-hmm. It's either going to be really good or it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be hard to to watch. And I don't get me wrong, I'm a big two gloves Teddy guy, hundred percent, all in on two gloves Teddy. <laughs> I love two gloves Teddy. That's a great. But at the, the same nickname, time, at, at the same time, you take it with a grain of salt. So for me here, we're looking at the picks that are taken after T Higgins, solid receiver, love Michael Thomas, Mike Davis, Aaron Rodgers, and Chase Edmonds. The only thing I'll say about your three receivers right now is you have. Uh, Diggs and Deontay Johnson on the same bye week seven. So it's a thing you, you'll have to watch out for later on down the line. For sure. Um, but in a 10-team league, I'm pretty confident. Like, I'll, I'll be able to load up my bench a little bit. So for me here, I'm at set, I'm, I'm picking seventh here. And now for nothing, if I'm getting this guy as a backup running back, that's a, a huge fucking win. I'm, t- I'm taking Gus Boss here. I'm taking Gus Edwards. You're hopping on the bus? I'm hopping on the bus. I'll take Gus Edwards here. All right. And then the two picks after me Raheem Mostert and Chase Claypool now this is this is this is my pick and I will pick him every time in this spot 1000% I would even take him earlier than this the fact that he fell to me here big time I think out of Denver though we're talking about that offense out of Denver out of the three receivers Mm -hmm. you take Jerry Judy every single time he showed very good signs last year with the inconsistency at quarterback. This year, I think Bridgewater and him can have the relationship like him, like Bridgewater and DJ Moore had last year. Big upside on Jerry Judy. I'm taking him in the eighth round every single time. And if you notice, uh, I left him out of my analysis because I think he's going to eat. It didn't matter who was at quarterback. You look yep. at the guy with four four five speed, taking 15th overall in 2020. This dude's an absolute stud. Love what I'm seeing here. You know, college yards per carry was in 81st percentile, so the dude can get it done uh, with even limited catches. Uh, I like what I'm seeing here, and I think Teddy Bridgewater will zero in on him and give him and just pepper him with targets. So I love that. So we got now Devonta Smith, Juju Smith-Schuster, Cortland Sutton, Leonard Fournette, and Melvin Gordon all off the board. Now, Kimo, I'm looking at you. We got two two running backs, three receivers, tight end, and QB, what are you going with here? You're muted, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, podcast note, look up before you start speaking. You can notice things like this. But anyway, I'm looking at the board, <laughs> looking who's on the table, and I'm going to actually reach a little bit here because I, I think he's worth uh, reaching for. And I'm going to take Damian Harris from the New England Patriots. I don't consider that a reach. I think he's going to get the bulk of the carries, and I think he could be a big-time factor. Like, don't get me wrong. It's a Patriots running back, so there's weeks where he might not get any carries. Right. You never know. Um, but let's talk about the four picks after. Dallas Goddard, DJ Chark, Robbie Anderson, Debo Samuel. One thing I will say, I'm avoiding DJ Chark like the plague this year. Me too. Um, me too. I just think he needed volume last year, and that's why he looked so good. I think Trevor Lawrence is talented enough where I think guys like Marvin Jones is going to get more targets. I think guys like LaVisca Chanel is going to get more targets. I think guys like even James Robinson could be getting more touches than mm-hmm. DJ Chark in the majority of games. 
But big Robbie Anderson guy, Debo Samuel, if he can stay on the field, I think will be a big, big oh, help Samuel that 49ers too. offense. So let's, will, let's move on. You're up. I will say one thing about Damian Harris, too, before I make my next selection. I think Cam leaving is better for his value uh, because, you know, it's going to free up some short yardage plays. It's going to free up some goal line stuff for him potentially. So I do think he, now having Mac Jones, we will really get a chance to see him, uh, you know, maximized and really see his potential. Uh, the board here is really not great. I'm going to I don't know exactly what is the best pick. The guy I really like, I think, is a reach, so I'm going to kind of leave him on the board. And, and I'm going to take somebody who is all upside. But, you know, if if Trey Lance plays, if, uh, you know, Raheem Moser gets hurt, who typically does get hurt, this guy could be a stud. So I'm going to go with Sermon from Ohio State. Trey Sermon, I think it's a great pick. Good value there. Um, can't go wrong there in that spot. Uh, Picks after that, we got Noah Font, Jalen Waddle, Ronald Jones, Brandon Cooks, and Tom Brady. So it's me on the clock. I got three running backs, four receivers, and a quarterback. I need a tight end. I don't love the top tight ends on the board here. I've got Gasecki and Gronk. Um, scroll down a little bit. You know, you guys, guys like Robert Tunyon, who I think is getting, is solid. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like he's going to be a little bit too touchdown dependent. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to wait on a tight end here. And actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bolster my bench. And by doing that, I'm getting potential wide receiver one of the Cleveland Browns, depending on if my guy OBJ is healthy. I'm taking juice. I'm going to take Jarvis Landry here. Got to love it. PPR formats. You know, the guy gets a lot. He catches a lot of passes. Then the two picks after that have been taken, LaVisca Chenault and Michael Carter. Now, I'm back. Tell me, what are your thoughts about Michael Carter? This guy had a tremendous helium, but it has all been deflated since the preseason played out. I think more so they're so inconsistent on who their starting running back is going to be. I think mm-hmm. it's in the sense this is he's kind of the Melvin Gordon of the Jets where people were thinking he was going to get the carries, but throw camp, Kevin Coleman started getting healthy, and then they still have um, Ty Johnson. Oh. Yep, they have Ty Johnson. Ty Dollison. They have the kid Let that Michael played majority. Yep. yep. So they, they have they have running back score as well that we can be watching out for. So for me here, I'm looking at 10. I'm I, I'm a bolster guy. I like to bolster the squad here. You're a bolster guy? I like that. I I'm like a bolster that. guy. I like to I like to bolster here. So I got 7, 12, 13, 11, and 13 again for my wide receivers. Um, I'm gonna go wide receiver again. Only because my plan is to use potential wide receivers to get more help later on in the season. The more wide guy. receivers you have, better it looks for you. So for me, a big uh, a big pick here is none other than Tyler Boyd. Oh, I love Boyd. Love Boyd. So getting Boyd there in the 10th round, I think, is a steal and a half. So picks that have been taken after that, Antonio Brown, Tampa Bay's defense, Kenny and Drake, James Conner, and Matthew Stafford. Which I think tenth round for Stafford for to be the starter is great value. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're looking at a guy who could throw for five thousand yards. Let's just call it what it is. Uh, McVeigh has never had a quarterback this talented. Stafford has never played with a coach this talented. So uh, I really, really like that possibility. He's got weapons. Uh, so I think he's really going to cook it up for for the Rams this year. So that's a good late QB to take. I will say one thing about Stafford: uh, make sure you are very familiar with your league settings. Uh, you know, four point TDs, uh, passing TDs. He's his value goes down a tad, but if you play in a six point passing TD league, his value is up there with almost anybody other than the top dogs. So I love Matthew Stafford there. Uh, I'm looking here at the board. Uh, you know, there's. There's not a ton that I'm really thrilled about. I do like Zach Moss. I think he's going to get a lion's share of the carries in Buffalo in that offense. But I'm not going to let my guy dangle here. I'm going to take Corey Davis for all the reasons I said at the top of the show. I was looking at Corey Davis there as well. Um, I think just any time after the the eighth round, if you take him, it's great value. So the four picks after Keenan, we got Devin Singletary, Mike Gusecki, Ryan Tannehill, and Rob Gronkowski. Uh, so I'm looking at the board here again. Zach Moss is still there. Uh, I have now kind of ran into my first true regret of my mock 
taking Kyler Murray in the fifth round, I love Murray, but seeing how I could have had Tannehill in round 10 or, or Stafford in round nine, Burrow is on the board, and so is Jalen Hurts. I am a Jalen Hurts believer. I don't know if you are, Jones, but I think this guy is tremendous upside, and I like his offensive weapons, uh, but I already got Murray, so I'm not going to go with him. I am going to go with Zach Moss. That's a good pick. Uh, for a guy like uh, Jalen Hurts, I'll, I'll save him for later topics. So now we have Robert Tunyon, Trevor Lawrence, the Rams defense, Michael Gallup, and Joe Burrow. I need a tight end, and there is two tight ends on the board that I absolutely love here, and I'm going to go with my the second one here, and that's Tyler Higby. I think Tyler Higby has big upside here. I think with Stafford throwing him the football, we could definitely see him potentially looking at uh, wide, uh, tight end in the top five for this season. And no uh, Gerald Everett. That's another one. Uh, so then the other tight end that I was thinking just got taken, Logan Thomas. You get the football team's defense there. Um, you need fo- uh, defense and kickers and stuff like that. I will wait till my last few rounds. Me too. So here I'm looking at it. I have five receivers in – I'm sorry, I have six receivers and Tyree Kale, Keenan Allen, DJ Moore, uh, Jerry Judy, Jarvis Landry, and Tyler Boyd, Gus Edwards, David Montgomery, and Jonathan Taylor as my running backs. Now, I'm going to get another one here, and this running back, and if you play in the majority of New England leagues like I do, he might not be here in this spot, but I think he's going to be big time for the Los Angeles Rams this year, and that's none other than Sony Michelle. Big Sony. I think I think PS2 uh, looks very, very good. And I think if he's fully healthy, he can be a very good fit for the Rams offense this season. Now the def- now the, the picks after Pittsburgh's defense, Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. off the board, Mike Williams, AJ Dillon, and Will Fuller. All right, so I'm here now with my last bench pick because I will I will be, I will draft everything before I uh, go defensive kicker, much like you just said, Jones. Uh, looking at it, uh, if we had deeper benches, I would probably go Jamal Williams here because I have uh, I drafted Swift. But looking at my team, I think I'm covered in terms of Damian Harris on the bench, Trey Sermon, and Zach Moss all on my bench. So I think if something were to happen to Swift, I could easily insert one of those guys. So I think Jamal Williams is a little bit less urgent uh for me to take uh so i kind of have a luxury pick here where do i want to go do i want to go safe take a guy like marvin jones do i want to go tremendous upside like uh henry ruggs or micole hardman um looking at it here i'm actually going to go with the upside i'm going to go with hollywood brown he's been uh hurt pretty much all training camp but if he comes back healthy, I think this is a true breakout season for him uh, with Lamar Jackson. I know they got Bateman, but he won't be back until October. And, you know, Hollywood Brown, uh, you know, he he got a lot more targets, I think, than people realized last year. And I think that continues in 2021. And like I said, he's a bench guy. He's a high upside guy. If he falters in the first few weeks, I go ahead and cut him and find someone else. I'm going to tell you right now, I've had Hollywood Brown each of the last two seasons, and I'm fully out on him this season. He will, just, yeah, he slapped you in the face two straight years, bro. I just don't think personally that he's going to be a fantasy relevance. That's why you're getting him here. I think the pick, the two picks after yours uh, were definitely better uh, there in Michael Pittman and Curtis Samuel. I think he could have got more value off the bench. I think Michael Pittman's going to have a big outbreak here this year. Um, and also another name, Darnell Mooney from Chicago as well, I think could finish higher than Marquise Brown this year. But the picks after... So Michael Pittman, Curtis Samuel, Justin Tucker, and Young Ho Ku, which, again, if you're taking kickers, Young Ho Ku was scoring like he was a, a wide receiver two at times last year. He was, he was wild. He was a must-have kick because Atlanta's offense was solid. They got you down the field, and then they just settled for field goal after field goal. Yeah, so here I got my last two picks. So I'm going kicker. I'm going defense. Uh, I like some of the kickers here, so I'm going to wait. I'm going to go defense here. Do I go Ravens? Or do I go Patriots? I'm going to go Ravens because year in and year out, they're just a great defensive unit, and it looks like they're going to have another great defensive unit in 2021. So I'll go ahead and take them and hope that I don't need to go back to the well sooner rather than later. All right, so we got Buffalo's defense after Harrison Bucker, David Johnson, Darnell Mooney, and Irv Smith, who just caught himself on the IR with a bang. 
Uh, so I'm going to also look defense here. And I'm between two. Um, I think this team has tremendous upside. Um, and if they stay healthy, they can be very uh, legit this year. I'm going to take the Denver Broncos defense. Great week one match. Well, we'll see. Uh, they play, I think, Carolina. They're playing the Giants. Nope, oh, they're Giants. playing the oh, Giants. Great week one matchup. Exactly. Get yourself again, a good matchup. Again, you, dra- you draft for matchups. You don't have to draft to keep a defense all season as well. Mm-hmm. That's a, a thing that people uh, don't realize. Um, <clears throat> now, I'm looking at kickers. As Jason Sanders from off the board and Naheem Hines, um, I'm looking at kickers here, and there's only one kicker here that looks fantastic, and that's none other than Tyler Bass from Buffalo. Buffalo is going to score a ton. They're going to be put into good situations. I think Tyler Bass is the pick there. Then we got Ryan Suckup, Rodrigo Blankenship, Jason Myers, Sam Fran's defense, and Mason Crosby before Manny Hugh is on the clock for his final pick. And for me, he needs a kicker. There's only one kicker that he should be taking. Ah, two technically. There's two. Should be taken. There's two here that I'm looking at: Greg DeLeg and Matt Prater. I think Matt Prater. Those are the two. Indoor. They're both indoor kickers with tremendous power. Uh, but I'm gonna go with Greg DeLeg because I just think that Cowboys offense will click. Uh, they will absolutely fire <clears> on <throat> all cylinders, and he kicks indoors. All right. So the Browns defense, the Indianapolis Colts were taken as well. Those were the final picks of the said draft. Now, real quick, let's look at the, be- the the players that are also available that are still there, and let's talk about them really quick. We got both of the Patriots tight ends. I think Hunter Henry and John Smith are still there. Uh, you got Marvin Jones still there. Hume mm-hmm. and I are very high on. Uh, Marquise Calloway is still there. Um, I think Fields, Trey Lance, and Baker Mayfield there. I think no one taking Baker is a little bit of a mistake. I think he is a solid QB2 option to have. Potentially, depending on the matchups, can be a solid QB1 as well. Um, and then for me, there's one guy on here that should be on every, at least at least the team in every league. That's Elijah Moore from, yes. from the Jets. That's He stood out, stood out to me too, big time. Yeah, other than that, I think everything, everything's self-explanatory on that end. Um, any, like... Any spot like starts that you would consider, depending on injuries with teams and stuff like that, that you would pick up? Uh, in terms of who's free agent right now in the mock, uh, you know, I think I would take a, I would keep an eye on Henry Ruggs. I think he's, if he goes out, you know, catches four balls for 120 yards and a touchdown in week one, he's going to be a hot waiver wire guy. So that's something I have my eye on. Miko Hardman, for very similar reasons to Ruggs, you know, he's just super fast and he's in, he could catch deep passes. Um, and you know, Jamal Williams, we've talked about him a couple times in this mock. If something happened to DeAndre Swift, or he looks to be a little bit more uh, of a piece, uh, rather than a backup in week one, he could be very popular, but you know, it, we're in a 10 team mock here with only five bench spots. So it's pretty shallow. Uh, cause I'm looking at these names and I don't think there's a single league I play in where, you know, Marquise Callaway is not getting drafted. Exactly. So now here's, here's, here's a big question to me. And we had this last year. When Justin Jefferson broke out in his first game, who is the player this year that's not going to be drafted that's going to break out in his first game? Uh, well, obviously that's going to be tough based on you know league size and whatnot. So let me go pretty deep here. I'm going to actually, you know what? I'm going to go with Russell Gage. I think Russell Gage. He's not a sexy pick. He's kind of off most people's radars, uh, but he's basically the receiver too. Uh, in Atlanta, if you count Pitts as just a straight tight end. And I think, you know, he's somebody who could kind of go under the radar in a week one matchup, catch a couple touchdowns, and, and really look to get on some teams' radars. I, I agree with you with that. Uh, Russell Gage is definitely getting uh, Julio targets that aren't all going to Calvin Ridley, by the way. So anybody who's very high on Calvin Ridley thinking he's getting all of Julio's targets, there are other guys that trust me. One name that I see here, and I think he's going to have a monster week one, and I think he will be the hot, <clears throat> sexy name of the uh, first uh, waiver wire is definitely Amon St. Brown from Detroit. Yeah, you are a big Amon Ra guy. We talked about this. Rashad Perriman was their number one. He got cut. You got him. You got St. Brown. You have Tyrell Williams. Those are your two mm-hmm. starting receivers, I think. Tyrell Williams isn't sex isn't sexy enough. I've seen him on Amon Ron St. Brown play at USC. He's got some talent. He's very good at his at his cutting ability and stuff like that. 
And I think with Detroit's matchup, I think they're playing the 49ers. Their secondary can be good at times, but he, he's going to be getting the, the, the CB2 looks. I think for me, that's a solid look right there. And I think personally, I would be uh, keeping my eye on what Sam Brown does, especially if Tyrell Williams also doesn't play. Very true. And, got, uh, you know, he has a groin injury as well. Yes, he's been laboring that. Uh, I was actually bringing that up too. You know, he's not fully healthy. And reports saying Goff is showing Amon Ra a little bit of that uh, Cooper Cup type midfield route type stuff. And that could be huge for him. I was actually shocked that he went in the fourth round. I thought he'd go earlier than that. Uh, but, you know, good value for the Lions. And he could be their wide receiver one, lead the team in receptions. Yeah. I mean, I just think he's got some, some versatility. And I think. Um, he's also quick, uh, four, 4.61 in the 40 yard dash at the combine. Um, just, that's just a name to keep out for to be the, the big Justin Jefferson type esque, um, pickup after week one. Phenomenal name too. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Come on. How do you not love that name? Gotta love sexy, that name. That's a sexy name. And I'm completely regretting the Marquise Brown pick because I was just scrolling through. Terrace Marshall wasn't picked. I definitely botched that pick. So let's go ahead and pretend I didn't make that pick. (laughs) (laughs) Wipe it off the record. Just wipe it off the record. We can do what we want here. It's our podcast. It's Kiwum and Jones. All right. Let's move move on to the other topics we got. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's break off our last segment of tonight's inaugural episode of key woman jones we have our preseason superlatives that we're going to break off today we got sleeper bus breakout and bold take so jones why don't you tell everybody your biggest sleeper for the 2021 season see like this this is hard because like i think um it's it's really hard to talk sleepers with anybody because you look at it and Unless, like, you you see someone that's, like, on the, the bottom, bottom, like, can you really consider him the sleeper? I think, for me, a big sleeper this year, not a lot of people are talking about him. Um, I think he's going to be big time this year for his team at running back. I think Antonio Gibson finishes in the top, I'd say, five for, for running backs this season. He's going to get the CMC role in that offense this year. I think they're going to use him highly. And I think for me, he's a guy that I want every time on my team as a as an RB two. So when I look at receivers now, another name I'm going to bring up here, and I'm going to look at you when I say this because you're going to look at me and think I'm a little crazy. I think the sleeper receiver here is going to be Brandon Ayuk. I think he needs to be getting more recognition. He's not getting enough, and I think Brandon Ayuk will be a big time factor in that offense this year. And trust me when I tell you, a thousand yards easily, I'd say he's in the twelve hundred receiving yards. About, I'd say about six to eight tutties. Yeah, he can go off, and he has the type of skill set that you know the the, the touch the touchdowns can be oh, inflated. You know, he can outkick his coverage in that regard because his skill set. You know, an end around might score. Like he's just so dynamic as a player that he could find the end zone more ways than one. So uh, my sleeper, Jonesy, is very late sleeper. Uh, he's actually getting picked around 20, 20th round, not 20th overall, 20th round. And that's Tylen Wallace for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, you know, again, I completely regret that Marquise Brown selection uh, because he's been hurt. Matter of fact, everyone in that wide receiver room has been hurt all preseason. Tylen Wallace went out this preseason, caught five balls for 63 yards and a touchdown continued to get more and more work as the preseason rolled on, ran 27 routes in week three. So uh, I really think if he's the only guy in town, he's more than capable of handling it. Now you look at his workout metrics, they're not great. But when you look at his college dominator, 42.3%, college target share, 32%, breakout age, 19 and a half. Those are all above the 80th percentile in those metrics. Uh, the kid's a baller. He was taken in the fourth round uh, by the, the Baltimore Ravens. And I think if Bateman is out for a month, if Watkins is out for a couple of games, and if Marquise Brown is not ready to be 
their guy in week one. I think Talon Wallace could step right in and and produce right away. And if not right away, you know, you hold on uh, in deeper leagues. You wait to see if there's any injuries or any underperformances, and then this guy could emerge. I really think he is a great sleeper uh, for this year's draft. No, I, I listen, I don't hate that. If you want to go a little bit lower here on the sleeper toll, uh, the sleeper poll, I'll give you, uh, we said it, I'll give you Elijah Moore. I think Elijah Moore deserves to be drafted every time in every league. I think he's got some serious potential, especially. I think he's going to be the, the, the wide receiver two for the Jets. Um, look for him to potentially even, if Corey Davis is solid. Watch out because if Elijah Moore has like a Justin Jefferson type season, you could be seeing him to the moon as well. All right, so let's we talked about some good stuff, right? The break, I mean, the sleepers here, but let's look at the other side of that coin. The biggest busts heading into 2021. Jones, what do you got? I mean, for ADP purposely, I'm gonna say Mike Evans. I think for me, he's gonna be two touchdowns. Real, uh, dependent again. I think Chris Godwin has better chemistry. Brady loves to throw to Antonio Brown. Um, I think with Gronk and OJ Howard and stuff and company, I think the tight ends are going to get more targets. I just, for me, Mike Evans is a name pick, but I don't see him being a consistent wide receiver for Tampa Bay this year, fantasy wise. So, you know, when you listen to a podcast, there's a moment. There's just this moment when the two hosts just realized that they were meant to be together. They were meant to work along one side. And I think we just hit this moment and it's the first fucking episode. So Kiwoom and Jones, we're going to be coming at you hot this year because we're clearly on the same page. My biggest bust, Mike freaking Evans. You got to use a, and, and let me be clear about one thing. This is kind of a, a, a pretty common uh, phrase in the fantasy football world. So I'm not, coining it by any stretch but we don't hate players we hate adps taking this guy in the third or fourth round as your potential wide receiver one is very dangerous you know last year he finished the wide receiver 11 13 receiving touchdowns before that his highest was eight so let's say he goes back down to eight that's a big time uh regression in terms of those points and for all the reasons you just mentioned Godwin is a better overall uh, receiver. Antonio Brown, let's not get it twisted. He's one of the most talented receivers we've seen in this era of football. And Brady loves him. And he will do anything for Brady. And we saw that play out in the target share once uh, Brown got into the fix, into the mold. So, you know, Mike Evans going into his age 28 season. Uh, he's been a, he's had a great career. Uh, but I think this is the year he kind of takes a back seat to some of the other guys. And I think taking him the third, fourth round is a big mistake. So Jones, Jones, can you believe it? We already, we just had our moment, dude. We, listen, first episode listen, also, ever. <laughs> also not for nothing. I want it on the record. Um, don't forget last year too. Chris Godwin also missed time. So Evans mm-hmm. was getting more targets. Um, so I think with Godwin fully healthy this year, I think that would be a big reason why Mike Evans doesn't get to targets as well. Also, to another name that we completely forgot to mention, um, not a sexy name for fantasy, but he's going to get targets because it's Brady is Scotty Miller. Scott, little Scotty. Scotty Miller is going to get targets this year. But if you want to go in a different route here, and I will because it's what I do on this podcast, I think a wide receiver that's going to be a absolute bust this year. It, we talked about him earlier, DJ Chark. I think but he, he relied too much on volume last year. He's not going to get that with, with Lawrence throwing him the football. I think Jones is going to take touches away from him. Chenault has looked good in the preseason. I think he's going to take touches away from him. I think they have some solid options besides DJ Chark. But I don't know how many targets DJ Chark is actually going to get this year. Yeah, he's still going a little bit too high for my likings. We're on the same page there. I'm not a big fan of him this year. No way, no how. Uh, if you're going to take someone from from that team, I would just say wait and go Marvin Jones. They signed him for a reason, and he looked great in the in the in the preseason. Looked like he already has a rapport with Sunshine Lawrence. So it's good to see that, and uh, not good to see that if you're a big shark guy. Uh, Jonesy, why don't you tell the people about your biggest breakout? Candidate for 2021. 
again, this is the thing where it's hard to pick just one. So I'm going to pick two. Pick as first, many as you want, Jones. Your name is on the damn title. Even better. So this is what we're going to do. All right. I'm going to do one for each position. Let's, let's do that. Let's, let's do that. Do it, I'm going to do one, let's do do one for each position. Quarterback. Ready for this? He's going to be the Ryan Tannehill of this season. Not, not even considered drafting him. Finishing in the top 10. Sam Donald is the top 10 fantasy football quarterback this season. Ooh, put like my put, put in my balls on the table when I say this. I like finishing it. in the top 10 this season. Give it to me, Jones. All right. Running back. Let's talk. I'm going to say now <clears throat> there's always one. There's always one rookie run, running back that breaks out. For me this year, Najee Harris, I don't think it's considered a breakout because people expect him to be good. He is a second I think, pick. I think Trey Sermon breaks out this year, and he ends up being the guy in San Francisco. Trey Sermon is my breakout running back for this year. We're going to receivers. I'm going to keep your pick because I already know who you're going with if we're talking receivers here. I drafted him in the mock. Trust me, <laughs> DJ Moore, 1,000%. But my breakout wide receiver this year is going to be none other than T. Higgins. I think T. Higgins has some serious upside. He's getting taken much higher than um, Tyler Boyd is. He's getting much taken much higher than Jamar Chase is at, mm-hmm. in some drafts. So that's a name that you're – for me, you have to look and see. I think he could potentially be – Wide receiver one for them by the end of the season, depending on how it looks. Yeah, he's him good. and Burrow, him and Burrow were getting that chemistry flowing before Burrow got hurt. Mm-hmm. So for me, that is my wide receiver, my breakout side end. Ooh, 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 ooh. I'm going with Cole Komet from the Chicago Bears. Whoa, I think he's going to be tight end one for that team. I think once Justin Fields finally becomes the quarterback, Cole Komet's going to get consistent targets. Uh, red zone threat, absolutely 100%. And listen, we saw him a little bit last season. When he played, he looked damn good. And I think mm-hmm. this is the year where he takes it to the next level. Another name to watch out for. Matty Keelman and I know about this guy. He's a tight end. Plays in the AFC. Okay. AFC North, AFC North to be exact. It's cold up there. You know where else it's cold? Pittsburgh. Yeah. Pat Fairmouth, the rookie tight end from Penn State. Stud. Watch out for him because Eric Ebron is solid, don't get me wrong, but doesn't move the needle for me. This guy could potentially be a guy that sits on the waiver wire for a little bit. Him and Ben get the chemistry together. He's going to be a potential tight end too that you want to keep an eye on. And if if he has comparisons to potentially to be like Heath Miller, Mm-hmm. That's a guy you want on your team starting. Oh, ben game. loved Heath Miller. And let's get one thing straight. Pat Frymouth would be insanely hyped. He's one of the greatest. He's one of the most talented tight end prospects we've seen. It just so happens that he had to share a draft class with Kyle freaking Pitts. So if you don't, if Pitts gets, if Pitts was still in college or, you know, was drafted a year earlier, Pat Frymouth would be the uh, bell of the ball in the tight end rookie class. So uh, I like what you're, I like, I like, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down there, Jones. Those are my four breakouts by position. So Jonesy hits you with four. I'm going to hit you with one. And matter of fact, it's going to be someone that he already brought up. So I'm just going to touch on it again. Antonio Gibson. Uh, this guy's being drafted in pretty much round two, but he could return, you know, top three running back value on the season. Uh, the kid's just complete playmaker, four, three, nine speed, one, two, two point eight speed score, which is in the 99th percentile of that metric. Absolute beast. Uh, he was the seventh um, running back in terms of total touchdowns last year. Uh, and, and one key factor that I'm going to bring up, J.D. McKissick, believe it or not, was sixth in the NFL at running back snaps. Sixth. He was on the field a ton. Now you get him off the field. You know, Ron Rivera already said Antonio Gibson is working in the hurry-up offense, working more third downs than last year. So let's say we cut down J.D. McKissick's shares considerably and we give them Antonio Gibson. This dude will eat. He could be an absolute beast, even in the second round. Far exceed 
his ADP, which is great already. So I really, really like Antonio Gibson. Have been targeting him pretty much anywhere that I can. So before we say good night to the fine folks listening to the inaugural episode of Key Womb and Jones, the best fantasy podcast in the world, can say that with confidence. Jonesy, what is your bold take for the 2021 season? Hmm. You want me to go first? My- You've been going first this entire segment. Yeah. You want me to step yeah, in and go what? first? Yeah, go first. Let me step in and go first. So my bold take is Carolina has a top and elite offense. I agree with you. Darnaugh is a top 10 to 12 fantasy quarterback. CMC is a top three fantasy running back. I think all three, Terrace Marshall, Robbie Anderson, and DJ Moore all finish within the top 36 wide receivers, two of which will finish in the top 15. Teddy Bridgewater was pretty close to supporting that last year with uh, Moore and Anderson. Uh, So why can't Darnaugh do the exact same thing? Uh, with those two guys. And then you added a guy like Terrace Marshall, who's an absolute stud, looks great in the preseason. No tight end of consequence. So there isn't going to be a whole lot of receptions there. CMC is just a stud. He will get his receptions, uh, but the, the offense won't have to go through him like it has in years past because they can air it out. Like I said, Joe Brady, one of the best offensive uh, minds in the game at offensive coordinator. Uh, I love this offense. And after seeing Darnell look good, that was my biggest question mark. I finally kind of see the entire picture after that preseason game i know it's preseason you know you can't put all your eggs in that basket but man he looked good and i think this offense is going to sizzle they're going to get indoor games when they play the saints and the falcons the falcons are a doormat new orleans who knows what they're going to be you know obviously the, the bucks are a tough matchup no doubt but i think this offense is going to cook jones you ready for your bold take so real quick to go on the saints we got to put into perspective what's going on in in Louisiana at the moment. We don't know where they're playing games this year. True. Um, so that's an, another factor that you have to add into anything that has to do with the Saints this year. But for me, I got again, it's so hard to pick one, so I'm taking two. The first one is the quarterback one of fantasy football this year is going to be Justin Herbert. Whoa. Justin Whoa. Herbert to me. MVP-esque year in year two. I think he's got potential to throw for 4,500, close to 40 touchdowns easily with this offense. And like you said earlier, they bolstered that offensive Mm -hmm. line. They drafted, I think, probably the second best, if not the best offensive line in the draft in Rashawn Slater. Detroit took Penny Sewell to make the argument for him, to make the argument for Elijah Vera Tucker. He went to the Jets. Jets. Yeah, I'm drawing big blanks in my head, but the Chargers bolstered that offensive line because Justin Herbert is the future of that team. And we saw last year, especially with a guy like Josh Allen, if the offensive line is good, the quarterback will show his true Mm -hmm. talent. And that's what Justin Herbert's going to do in year two. Me, that's one. Number two, it's Calvin Ridley will not finish in the top 10 of wide receivers in fantasy football this year. Dude, when you hit me with the Herbert, I didn't think you could blow my mind even more. And then you went ahead and blew my mind even more. Why not? Why not? Here's my thing. And everybody was getting real hype about these Calvin Ridley routes that he was running in practice against against Xavier Howard and stuff like this. People need to realize it was a 10-second route. Don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong. No quarterback is going to have 10 seconds in the pocket to throw. So it takes them a little bit extra time to get involved. And I just think they're going to be receivers that are going to be better than him this year, fantasy-wise. So I think he finishes outside the the top 10. Top 15, potentially, I think, for his ADP, I think I would label him in the same level as Mike Evans. I think he might be a little bit of a bust. Because, also, I like Russell Gage. I think Gage is going to get a bunch of targets. Mm -hmm. I think Kyle Pitts is going to get a crap load of targets. So those are another – factor that I have for Calvin Ridley this season. Calvin Ridley finishes outside the top 10 in fantasy wide receivers. I love that bold take. And I will add one thing to that. You know, people instantly think once you remove a a, a receiver from the equation, it it instantly bolsters the other guy, but that's not always the case. One uh, thing that comes to mind in that regard was the Steelers. 
You know, everyone thought when Antonio Brown left that it meant it was wheels up for Juju. And what it turned out to be was Juju couldn't handle the other team's cornerback one. And he really struggled without Antonio Brown. So Julio Jones is out. So those targets are vacated for sure. But Kyle Pitts isn't going to demand the other team's cornerback one out of the gate. That guy is going to be on Ridley and he has to beat them if he's going to succeed. And they can double him because, you know, Russell Gage on paper isn't going to cause defensive uh, coordinators to scheme for him. Kyle Pitts will eventually, but maybe not out of the gate. So, you know, that's a bold take having Ridley outside of your top 10, maybe top 15, given his ADP and his hype. But maybe it's a little bit more realistic when you really think about it. So think of it like this. So shout out to StatMuse for this stat, and I've used it every time I, I, I have any sort of confrontation with Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley's played eight games in his career without Julio Jones. 58 targets. I'm sorry, 58 receptions, 856 yards, three receiving touchdowns. Only three receiving touchdowns. This is a guy that we've seen Calvin Ridley in his stats alone. Last year, he had nine. He get in his in his career has 10, 7, and 9. He's only had three receiving touchdowns with Julio Jones not on the football field. Wow. In games that Julio Jones has not been on the football field. So for me, that's three out of 20, 26 that he has. So that's it's not a sexy number to me. And also last year, he got targeted over 140 times. He caught 90 balls. I think his targets go down a little bit this year. And I think I don't I don't see him getting 90 receptions again this year. Absolutely. You know, that could absolutely play out. And uh, speaking of playing out, that is our very first episode of Key Woman Jones. I hope you enjoyed it. Chris, tell the people where they can find you on socials and where they can find all your awesome work. Yes. So now I'm just doing a bunch of stuff for Couch Guy. Uh, Listen, make sure you check out Twitch streams on Wednesday nights. Mm -hmm. We do Twitch streams with fancy football content team as well. Um, That's twitch.tv slash Couch Guy Sports. Make sure you're checking that out. Uh, there's always someone on there, it seems like, nowadays. We got a nice little Twitch following. Make sure to check that out as well. Uh, me, personally, at C Jones, who, WHO1212. I put out daily gambling picks. Mm-hmm. I put out a bunch of my blogs, my articles, and stuff like that. Go check me out there. Go check me out at the Chaser 617 uh, Gambling Podcast. Go check me out at uh, Podcast Card, Yellow Card Podcast, Soccer Podcast. And then go check me out at also at Suplex Biddies, the yeah, wrestling baby. podcast on the network as well absolutely so make sure you hit up the dawn on all socials you can find me on, on twitter at maddie keywoom find my other show high heat fantasy baseball and legends lingo on the couch guy sports network check out couchguysport.com to check out my articles chris's articles everything that comes out for cgs we are like we said one-way ticket to the moon so get on while you can uh you can uh, find the show on Twitter as, as well at Kiwoom and Jones, K I W O O M A N D J O N E S. So that was episode one of Kiwoom and Jones Fantasy Football Show. For the Don Chris Jones, I'm Maddie Kiwoom. Tune in next week. Peace.